0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Icing on Top with Savannah. Sorry, it's been a minute. Um, When I do this little quick life update before talking about the nitty-gritty of my therapy journey, I think you'll understand why. So in my last episode, I talked about leaving my last relationship, and in the process of that, we co-owned a home together. The sale of the house finally closed a week ago on Friday, and now things are officially over with all things connected between us aside from co-parenting. So many people have asked about where are you living? What are you doing? I see you sold your house. (laughs) Um, I am living in my friend's basement and that is the God's honest truth. (laughs) No, seriously though. Uh, Thank God for friends who are willing to scoop you up and help you put the pieces all back together. (laughs) Another frequent question is how are you doing? I'm honestly doing really great. I feel like I can breathe and I feel like I'm actually starting the healing journey. I also feel like I have been a better mom to Conrad and that is really hard for me to admit and really not embarrassing, but yeah, I mean, when I'm frustrated and I'm you know dealing with somebody that I don't necessarily want to deal with all the time, um, I feel like I probably did take a little bit of that um, overstimulation and overwhelming feeling of like anger out, not necessarily on Conrad, but like my fuse maybe was just a little bit shorter than what it should have been. So I feel like I have had more patience with him. Now, don't get me wrong. It drives me absolutely insane when I say, hey, it's time to get your shoes on. Hey, we got to go to school. Conrad, we need to get your shoes on. And I've said it 12 times and I'm like, I'm going to lose my ever loving mind if he doesn't get his freaking shoes on. So obviously we are working on that. We are working on listening and it is improving, but it is really helpful for me to know that in my home, I will parent one way. And I think that that's probably a conversation that we didn't have before I got pregnant with Conrad, obviously, as it was very unexpected. So I would say if you're thinking about having children, please um, have that conversation with your significant other um, about parenting and about disciplining and about how you're going to handle certain situations because I'm not saying there won't be situations that don't come up and you're not like, Oh shit, what the fuck? How are we going to fucking deal with this? Right? Like, because it will happen. And I'm not saying that like that, that is inevitable. I'm not saying that I will never deal with those situations because I will, because there will be situations that come up as far as parenting goes that I am like, I am not prepared to deal with this. Like, I mean, I'm not even lying. Like when we get to like the birds and the bees, I'm going to be like, I am not dealing with this now. Like if it's your little girl girl I'm there, I got this. Don't worry. I am solid. I can talk about any of this. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned for episodes on parenting as far as that goes. So, um, let's see, let me get back to my timeline. Sorry. Um, okay. So was I sad leaving the home that I brought Conrad home to for the very first time? Absolutely. Like when I say that, like, I didn't cry when I was scrubbing the floors or scrubbing the sink, like that is not true. Like I cried. Um, absolutely. It's sad. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, but you know what? My happiness is worth more than that home could ever pay monetarily or more than that home could ever take care of me. So I chose to make home somewhere else. <laughs> that's that, that's what I'll do. And that's what will bring me happiness. And And Conrad will be happy too because Conrad deserves a happy mama. I've had a few people at work. Lately ask about my podcast and what I talk about and why I put everything out there. And I really don't have an answer other than because why not? (laughs) I understand it's not everyone's business and I don't owe anyone really an explanation quite frequently, but at the, um, quite frankly, I think I totally just blended two words. (laughs) Oh my God, guys, this is going to make sense when I get to what I'm going to talk about later. That's hilarious. Um, quite frankly, let's try that one. Um, I know it's not everyone's business, but at the same time, if my story helps someone, then I am more than happy to share this shit show with them. When I was going through the depths of postpartum depression, I made a video on my Facebook live and I'll try to attach the link in the comments of this episode. And I may even be able to upload the audio. Uh, I would have to see if I can save it because I feel like there's something weird. Like I don't know that I can actually save it, but I'll try. Uh, So I felt like that was my way of reaching out and normalizing, needing help. I tell everybody, I tell all of my patients, uh, that Zoloft saved my life. And that is the God's honest truth. So when I felt good again, and in my head space, I was so nervous to stop taking it. I didn't want to go back to living in a cloud and I, but I knew that the meds, that under the meds, I was still struggling. Um, I had a constant mind fog and I was dealing with headaches all the time. And I couldn't get words out some days. I was thinking maybe it was a side effect of the Zoloft. I also could not shut my mind off. Like I would lay in bed for hours attempting to fall asleep to no avail. I had a coworker who jokingly, like I would call her a fart in a skillet. Like she was just all over the place. She would be like, and 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 I'm like, oh my God. Um, and she like openly admitted that she had ADHD and had to take her meds, but like I guess I really basically probably just saw her for the most part unmedicated. So because we didn't work – actually, we didn't work any days together. Isn't that terrible? We didn't work any days together because we did a block schedule unless um, like somebody switched or she had picked up an extra day or I had pick, picked up an extra day. So she would be like, Savannah, I really think you have ADHD. And I'm like, no, I do. No, I, I'm like, what are you? No. Like when I think about ADHD, I think about the little boy in elementary school who can't sit still, who is like bouncing off the walls, won't stop talking, won't listen to the teacher. Like, I think that's who I think of. Like, I don't even know if I could like relate it to somebody that I went to, that I went to school with. but Like, that's who I think of when I think of ADHD. Um, and I even looked at her and I was like, oh my God, am I her? Like, is, do people, do people see me like that? Cause sometimes I'm like, how did you get your nursing degree? Because I, you give me a headache sometimes. Um, so the more I like looked into it, I was like, man, like the irritability and like the mind fog, like not being able to finish a task or not really knowing where to start or jumping from like one thing to the next like I thought okay maybe like maybe this is actually true because like I'm really struggling I was struggling with charting I was overwhelmed I was anxious watching the fetal monitor strip and like don't get me wrong like that is a normal you should be on edge anyways watching those I feel like but like I was like pacing and I was like oh my gosh I was just overthinking everything so I really thought oh maybe this could be like maybe I actually do have this And so I talked with my doctor and mentioned it was a possibility. And then I just decided to reach out to, um, as an area in the hospital that it's called mind, body and health and it's through Parkview. Um, but it, they like specifically deal with like psychiatric needs. Right. So in November of 2020, I had my first appointment with them. And one of the very first questions that the psychiatrist asked me was, when was the last time you remember feeling normal? I had to stop and think about it. But my answer, without a doubt, was before I had Conrad. So pre-baby. Bingo. He said, bingo. After talking to me for approximately 20 minutes and reviewing the thousands of questionnaires that I had completed, he said, I believe you have ADHD and that you dealt with it as a child. He said, did schoolwork come easy for you? It did, didn't it? And I said, yeah. You know, but when I got to college, I struggled a little bit. And he said, right, because there wasn't structured learning. You were required to take on more of the responsibilities of teaching yourself and taking notes and reading. He was like, you probably never even had to crack a book in high school, did you? And I'm like, no, heck no, I didn't even crack a book. I mean, I had to open my book to do my math homework. But like as far as like reading a book, I'm not going to lie, I really skimmed through that. I'm sorry if any of my... uh English teachers are listening because that's, or history. I just did not, like, I'm not saying, like, I did not care about history, but like, you know what? I still passed class. Um, I did great. I mean, I didn't, I didn't struggle in school. I did fine. I, I did my homework. I got good grades and that was it. So he talked about, um, that normally ADHD can manifest with greater difficulties when there is a large hormonal shift or a life-changing event. So we discussed medication options and how meds work in the ADHD brain. So it seems completely backwards, right? That somebody that's overstimulated um, with, you know, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which is what ADHD is, you know, coined for. That's what it is. It seems crazy that we would medicate them with a stimulant, right? Wrong. It does seem crazy. That's right. But not wrong when you think about how the neurotransmitters in the brain work. So we medicate them with a stero- or a stimulant because that's what they need. So they need a stimulant to process everything that's going on in their brain all at once. And when they have that stimulant, they can focus, right? So they can get things done. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you take a stimulant and you feel hyper you are not you do not have ADHD now like I can take my meds and I can go to sleep I can take a nap my brain completely shuts off and that is not something that someone with ADHD typically is able to experience So at first I had tried a long acting medication and also they had prescribed something that would kind of help me to relax and sleep a little bit easier. And let me tell you that um, medication for ADHD is completely life-changing. It is The first time I took my meds, my brain was quiet. I wasn't binge eating and all of the cupboard doors got shut. And I know that that sounds absolutely crazy, but if you have ADHD, you will understand. You get it. And the people that live with you get it as well. So I, like I said, my mind was quiet. Like I took my meds and I was like, I just remember sitting down and I was like, whoo. the crickets are chirping right now. Like what is happening? So I, you can imagine how thankful I was to be able to go to work and finish my charting and to be able to go to work and look at my checklist and know, okay, this is what I have to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. I, I was able to focus. I was able to get things done and I, I felt really good. So that 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 was really life-changing for me. So of course since then, you know, I've I've changed some meds, I've added things in and taken things out and honestly, I don't know that it a lot of a lot of dealing with ADHD also is making serious life changes to how you deal with you know, life, how you deal with curveballs, how you deal, you know, I'm very my life is a lot better if I run with a routine. And if I have to be somewhere by a certain time, I'm just letting you know, I'm already thinking about what time I have to set my alarm because I have to be there at this time and I have to do this and I have to do this. And that's just how my brain works, unfortunately. And I will stress and I will fret over every single little thing. But I also will procrastinate until the very last minute to get absolutely anything done. But that is just part of my journey. So I really felt like, you know, that was that'll be three years ago in November. And I feel like I had to completely relearn who I was. Like, I felt like I was kind of lost. Like I was like, oh my God, I've had this my whole life and my whole life could have been different. I guess I just really thought that maybe people's minds ran 1200 miles an hour all the time. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that people could like rest and not freaking feel guilty about it. I didn't know that people didn't stress about the 12 situations about going out or, you know, I don't know. It's just life all of a sudden made complete sense. And I was so thankful to be a part of a community of women that typically are diagnosed later in life. And I feel like as a society with multiple other things that we need to do better. We absolutely need to do better. So, side note, now I'm going to go on a different venture. I'm going to talk about kind of how I, you know, led into my therapy. So, that's really helpful to know that, like, I was diagnosed with ADHD late in life, and obviously, I do question, did I have postpartum depression? I think I was depressed, yes. I was grieving. I was grieving my life as a young, single woman in their 20s, and I... I I was depressed. I had postpartum depression and anxiety, but at the same time, I also think I had ADHD then too. So I feel like it really was manifested and I really, really struggled because I wasn't medicated properly for ADHD. So this past summer, I spent a lot of the summer with one of my family members who was struggling with addiction. I will not put them out there on blast or call them out because that is their story to tell whenever they are ready, and they know that I am more than welcome to help them do that and even have them on the podcast to do so. Um, It is not mine to tell. Um, I can tell you about it, but I'm not going to share who it is. Um, I put a lot of my mental health needs aside in hopes of taking care of them and their mental health needs my main goal was to, they'll laugh when they hear this because they want to get to the root cause analysis, right? The root of the problem. They know the root of the problem. They know. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to prevent any relapses. I wanted to prevent dealing with this situation again in 10 years. I wanted to heal them. I want them to be healed because everybody deserves to feel whole in their life. And I just get this sense that this person has never really felt that. So we uh, had gone to multiple different facilities, multiple different places. Um, This person had like private health insurance through their job, through their employer, And the one place that we went was like, oh, well, you'll have to be assessed by, um, a different therapist then. And I was like, that is insane to me that somebody with state insurance or no insurance gets a different therapist than somebody with private insurance. Like, I'm sure honestly, somewhere it comes down to billing, but like shame on us. That is fucking terrible. And. I also think it's fucking terrible that there were hours that like they only took walk-ins or new patients from 9 a.m. to noon, okay? So from 9 a.m. to noon, if you're only taking new patients from those times, what happens for the person who decides they want to get clean at 1.30 in the afternoon, right? What happens to that person that decides they want to make that life-changing decision but you you just turn them away? That's why people continue to use. That is why there is such a huge epidemic in the country, in the world, probably right now. So side note, going on a different rant, I had looked up multiple different treatment facilities and I really kind of wanted something that was more individualized, right? So dealing with the individual and not just dealing with the addiction and Um, we were able to get a bed at a treatment facility that was absolutely perfect. My heart needed to know that they were safe and getting the treatment they needed. My heart still hurts for this person every day. And I hope and I pray that someday they make the decision to choose themselves. I know we all could end up on that path, which is why I hold absolutely zero judgment. I never thought in a million years that I would end up affected by addiction, but, but I am humbled to know that it can happen to anyone when we don't deal with unresolved childhood trauma, we form negative self-destructive coping mechanisms and continue to destroy all of those around us. I want you right now to think about somebody that, you know, because we all know somebody that struggles with addiction. Okay. And I, don't care if it's been 3 minutes if it's been 3 years i want you to reach out to them and just say hey you know what i'm thinking about you today and and if they're clean if they're if they're clean if they've been you know sober for 12 years if they've been sober for 12 days i'm proud of you i'm so proud of you Because we do not give people enough credit, okay? Also, addicts, they self-medicate. That's what they're doing. They are dealing with typically mental illness or, you know, it it could be anxiety. It could be depression. It could be 12,000 different avenues. But they are self-medicating. They are numbing themselves. Okay. And I don't want to feel numb to life. Like I want to enjoy life. I want to live life. I want to love life, but the addicts, they can't, they're numbing it. So please just know that if you need help in any certain way to reach out to somebody, because somebody loves you, As you guys could hear, Conrad wanted to um, make him self-heard on this podcast and he wants to record himself now. So I guess we'll um, maybe interview him on our next episode. I think that would be funny. So um, back to the story with my family member over the summer. Um, going through this time in my life with the family member and dealing with things at home, going on at home with my relationship. I knew mentally that I was drowning and I wanted someone to throw me a freaking rope. I tossed around the idea of therapy to my psychiatrist. Actually, it's the nurse practitioner for the psychiatrist that I see, but she was very helpful with resources and places to start looking. I knew I didn't want to have an experience like I did when I was a child, so I wanted to be selective. I remember telling my mom, and she was like, why do you need a therapist? Well, shit, let me tell you, Stephanie. Everyone could benefit from therapy. Therapy is normal. And therapy is healthy. Can we please get rid of the stigma that only the mental ill need therapy? Everybody needs therapy. Everybody should be able to take a box, okay, to their therapy appointment, right? Let's take, here, here, this is my box of shit for the week. Let's unpack it, right? Let's work through this. Or, hey, this is something I'm really struggling with. Can we can we talk about this? Um I I cannot say enough. I cannot say enough about therapy. I cannot say enough about having somebody to reach out to when you are drowning and just be have the comfort of knowing that that is a judgment-free zone, one. But two, you also need somebody that can kind of be like, listen, I'm not really sure you dealt with that situation in the appropriate way. This is how maybe we should have handled that, right? So therapy is normal. Therapy is healthy. So the search began for my therapist. She sent me a list and suggested psychologytoday.com. I will also link that in the comments below. And that's where my therapy therapy journey began. So I also really felt the need to reach out to the old therapist that I had that was not very nice to me. Right. And I did. And I talked to her on the phone And she had absolutely no freaking idea who I was. And I was like, that pisses me off even more that you have no clue who I am, but it's fine. Right. So, um, I said my piece with that. She lives down near Indy. I thought about going down there or doing the tele, you know, health or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, Savannah, no, you've already started with your therapist here. And I liked her and I was kind of, you know, going back and forth. I was like, man, I don't really know. There's a lot to my story. Um, So anyways, I just decided to stay with a therapist that I, you know, I picked here around me. So this website, Psychology Today, was basically like a dating website, but for therapists. So their pages would feature a picture, small description of themselves, and maybe like what type of clientele they preferred to work with, as well as what or like if any specialties or treatments that they performed. So like cognitive behavioral therapy, um... I it's like EMDR, eye motion, um, reactive sensitivity. It's, there's multiple different therapies, right. That they can perform. So, um, there also, you know, was where they're located. Do they take telehealth? Do they accept insurance? Um, anybody, maybe like if somebody preferred to work with somebody with addiction, if somebody preferred to work with somebody that had, you know, sexual trauma, um, LGBT communities, you know, like, like just specific, I only prefer to work with women or I only prefer to work with males, you know, um, ADHD is my thing, or I prefer to work with schizophrenics. Um, not that they don't accept other people, but however, like, I feel like when you talk to somebody about what they do, their passion is ignited. So that is what they're interested in working with. That is what they're interested in. Um, basically, you know, helping people with, so, I seriously had to make a flow sheet. (laughs) It had names, it had locations, it had their prices. If they had a wait list, I probably sent over 20 emails, I swear to you. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a dating profile. So you say, Hey, I want to reach out to this person. And it, you, it says, you know, type a small message about what you're wanting. And then it sends you like a confirmation to your email that they've received it. So, um, my email that I would send to these people would say something along the lines of this. Hi, um, I'm reaching out to find a therapist. I'm hoping to find someone to help me process and work through some past trauma issues related to my childhood, mostly emotional. I feel like these issues have and do affect my daily life. I also struggle with ADHD, currently medicated. I'm wondering what your schedule is like availability-wise and what do your appointments cost? Do you work with any insurance companies? Please get back to me when you have a free second. Thanks so much, Savannah. Uh, I spoke with a few on the phone, more in depth or had emailed, you know, more in depth description of like my trauma. And I say trauma and I felt really guilty saying that because I'm like, is it really trauma? Like, but here's the thing. If you interpret it as trauma, it is trauma. And that's it. That's it. That's the end of it. Uh, I finally scheduled an appointment with a therapist in Fort Wayne on our first session. I honestly just had word vomit. I feel like I wanted to pick a female. Um, I don't really know why but I felt more comfortable, I guess. Maybe that's what I would say. I didn't know that maybe I wanted to talk about all of, you know, the issues with my, you know, when I was growing up with my dad and experiencing all of that. I didn't know that I wanted to talk over that with a male, but you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I feel like maybe that might be more beneficial. Like maybe it would be more beneficial to just pick the mind of a man because like, what the fuck? I, it's a, fucking mind trap anyways. Sorry. Okay. Back on subject. Sorry. Um, she said, so on our first session, I felt like I had word vomit and she said, why don't you tell me about yourself? And I started from the beginning of my childhood because where the hell else do you start? Right. And so I talked about, you know, that I'd been to therapy kind of like my whole journey with you guys that I went over. Um, and when I got to talking about having Conrad, she was like, Oh, you have a, you have a son. And I said, she said, maybe we should, should have started there. Um, I know my story is a lot to follow, so I had to stop and explain or elaborate a lot on various situations or who people were. Uh when I discussed my relationship, she asked if we had talked about marriage. Obviously we had at one point and I explained that we had what all we had been through um and why it was put off. You know, I I explained, "Hey, I went to nursing school, we bought a house, I had a baby, and then I went back to school." And she really was just like point blank, um you know, when she has couples that have been together for two years but aren't married, she always questions why if that is something they're interested in. So, um, she said, you know, like if you've chosen him as your life partner and you you don't want to get married, that is fine. But like, I don't get that sense from you. So, um, I guess that's kind of when I had decided that I wanted, not wanted. She said, are you done? And I said, yes, that was my first appointment with her was probably last summer, last summer, last fall, early fall. Maybe I said, yes, I take that back. It was probably August. It was probably August. Um, I said, yes. And I said that I had withdrawn myself a year prior. And that also was the truth and I guess that's where I admitted that I was done. So I would have these appointments and they're an hour long. And then I would drive home, which was almost an hour. And then I would go home to be in the relationship that I knew that I didn't want to be in anymore. And I verbally had said it out loud to someone and I felt like I was hiding that because our communication had not been great for over a year. This last part right here has been unscripted. So I don't even have a timeline anymore. I have the last part of the podcast that I was going to write. She really – she didn't make me leave but she empowered me to leave she said you have to set your boundaries and not just with the relationship but with any any relationship you have to set your boundaries but i had to set my boundaries with this family member also that was dealing with addiction and i, I guess maybe i really i've I don't know. Like when we talk about things sometimes at my appointments, I will tell her, you know, I, I talk about, you know, my dad a lot. And I say, well, you know, my dad, I, you know, she told, knows the whole story. And I'll say, well, you know, this this scenario happened with him or this conversation would happen with him. Or uh, he would – he texted me about talking with his current wife but going to be ex-wife because they're going through a divorce, you know. And I, I said – I told him, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't give her any of that information. Uh, and that's the end of it. And you don't get to yell at me. You don't you, you don't get to do that. Um and I and I said, you know, he asked me if he was a narcissist once and she said, "Well, is he?" And I said, I think I think we all have narcissistic tendencies. I think I think we all all can be narcissists, right? Um, but she said, the way that you talk about it, the way that you just say it matter of fact, well, that's just how he is. That's how he's always been. Well, that you don't have to accept that. That's bullshit. But, but that's just how my dad has always been, you know, just certain, just certain scenarios. Um, so I like her. I, I do like her. I sometimes struggle and wonder if, My story is too much for her because she sometimes doesn't follow or, you know, struggles or different things like that. But um, she really has been a driving force and been very helpful as far as leaving that relationship and making me realize that I let let the threat of raising Conrad in a broken home trap me for so long. And broken home is such an old term. And you know what? There are a lot worse things than your child having two homes to grow up in. There are a lot worse things than your child having to spend every other weekend with the other parent. When it comes down to it. Because your child deserves a happy mom and they deserve a happy dad too. And how you raise your child and how your child sees you act and react and plan and behave and love and fight, your child sees that and they pick up on that. So I knew that I wanted to, I would have loved to break you know, break that cycle. Right. But I didn't break that cycle. I am raising my child in a split home, but you know what? He's going to have a happy mom and he's going to be happy. And he is so loved. (laughs) I feel like that is the most important part as a child growing up. I never had, you can never have enough love, never have enough love. Absolutely not. If there's somebody extra that wants to come into your life or your child's life and they just want to love them, let them. Let them. I remember one of the threats from my past relationships family was that, not threat, but her kids didn't need the love from a broken home. And that made me really sad for her because in her children, because, you know, kids can never have enough love. Nobody can ever have enough love. There is never enough love in this world. So, um, basically that's what I do. I, I think I'm like every three weeks now that I go and see her, but for a while, you know, I was every other week and life was a mess. And when I was deciding I was ending things, you know, I was like, well, this is what happened. And she's like, well, holy shit. Like you just made that decision all at once. And I said, you know what? I just decided one day. I didn't decide one day. He had gone through my Apple Watch and through my Facebook Messenger, and I was fucking done. I was like, there is absolutely no trust. There is no communication. And it honestly was all because I said I was going to go over and see Valerie, who was my stepmom at one point. Um, I I was going to go see her on a Friday evening. So that started it. And that was the end of it. Because if he wanted to know if there was someone else, he should have asked me. He should have asked me. I'm not going to be with somebody that I have to worry about if they're going to snoop through my shit. Because if our communication is that bad, we really shouldn't be together anyways. And that sucks, right? That's shitty. Yeah. But that was the end of it. And that was just, I don't know that just blew it up for me. That was it. So, um, I encourage everybody to get a therapist because I think they're great (laughs) and they will help you through all of your life's issues. Even if you don't really think that your life has issues, like if you want to go and talk to somebody about, Hey, like, you know, we got to navigate the dating world now, girlfriend, you know, she's going to be like, Oh my God. And I told her about starting a podcast and she's like, okay. And I'm like, it's very therapeutic. And she's like, okay, I think that's great. You know, because we had talked about, you know, writing a journal and all of these things. So you really need somebody in your core. And I really strongly encourage everybody to get a therapist because it can be really, really healing for your heart and really good for your mind and your soul. So yeah, now she gets to help me navigate this crazy dating world that I have absolutely no interest in trying out at all. So I am probably going to leave you guys with that. All right. As always, thanks for listening and tagging along on my raw, real, loving shit show life. Make sure you like, follow, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to find the icing on top in every day. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.